Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 106. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you? Now, I'm recording this on a very gloomy, rainy, horrible day here in the UK. So I hope to goodness when you're listening to this, the weather is a little bit nicer than the day I'm recording. So before I get on with today's episode, which is an interview with the very lovely Mark Asquith, and I'll tell you all about him in a minute, I want to remind you that I am doing my first ever challenge. Starting on the 9th of March, I am doing a full five-day challenge where you can join me in a private Facebook group and I will email you every single day with a very short and concise video about how you can start and build your email list. We all know an email list is super, super important. We know that even though I love social media and social media is an amazing platform in order to find your customers and build that kind of community, it doesn't belong to you. It's not your platform. You're effectively marketing on borrowed ground. And if something was to go wrong, and believe me, I have many examples where it has gone wrong, then you've lost it. You've lost all those people that have followed you. You've lost your community. So one of the most valuable assets in my business and any business is building that email list. Firstly, there's no algorithm in my inbox. Secondly, I get to choose whether I open and read that email or not. And there's another way in which you can build your audience. There's another way in which you can market to them. So it's not to say that you build an email list and then suddenly that's it. You don't ever need to do social media again. That's not the case. It's just another opportunity for them to see your stuff and to say, I want to be part of your community and you own it. You own that data. So I want you to join me for this five-day challenge. It's going to be really good fun, fast-paced, lots of activities. I'm taking you basically through the process that I use in my business and I am holding your hand the whole way through. So you will not be lost or overwhelmed or concerned about anything. I am right there helping you. And like I said, we have a private Facebook group that's going to pop up for the challenge itself. And we're going to get you started on that email list. And if you've already started an email list, we're going to get you growing that email list. And then the other thing we're going to do in these five days is I'm actually going to tell you what you do with them once you've built an email list, because it's all well and good thinking, great, I've got this email list, but now what? So Believe me, I've got you totally sewn up and covered on all of this, and it's going to be an amazing five days. So if you want to get involved and join me, which I would absolutely love you to, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash five days, five as in the number and days with an S on the end. Oh, 
Kay on with today's episode. As I mentioned, I am interviewing the very lovely Mark Asquith. Now, not only is Mark a very good friend, but he's also known as that British podcast guy, because basically what he doesn't know about podcasts are absolutely not worth knowing. Not only does he have seven of his own podcasts, which quite honestly is amazing because I can barely keep up with one, but he also runs Rebel Base Media. And basically this company is to do with everything to do with podcasting. And he is also the owner of Captivate, which is the amazing platform that I host my podcast on. And I would highly recommend to anybody. But like I said, this guy knows his stuff when it's coming to podcasting. So I am really excited to talk to him. He's a lovely guy. I'm very, very lucky to call him a friend. And I can't wait for you guys to hear from him. So without further ado, here is Mark Asquith. Okay, it gives me great pleasure today to welcome the very lovely Mark Asquith to the podcast. Welcome, Mark. I'm uh, not used to being called lovely. Oh, I'm but not, you are lovely. I don't, I've not got that rep. You know, if you talk to anyone else that knows me. <laughs> it's because you're too cool, that's what it is. I am really, you, I, have you seen what I'm wearing? I am not cool. I'm like 1961 <laughs> cool, wearing some old jumper from TK Maxx that I probably spent too long time trying to find, rummaging through for the cheapest jumper. You know I like what I mean? It. I'm that guy. No, honestly, <laughs> in my world, you're pretty cool. I, oh, I think I'm talking. cool sometimes, and then I just catch myself and go, no, no, Teresa, don't do that again. That's embarrassing. <laughs> so definitely not cool. Um, but let me explain to my audience that we are sat looking at each other, which this is only the second ever episode I've done in front of someone. Who's the first one? Uh, Mary Hyatt. I oh, went to nice. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And we sat talking... And it was lovely and it just it has a completely different vibe, I think, for me anyway, speak because you actually are having a conversation to that person in front of you. But also we're in your amazing studio. So I feel like we're on the radio or something because the quality, and I'm hoping you can hear it, but the quality of this is probably 10 times better than what you normally get. So this is really, really cool as well. It is pretty nice. It's pretty nifty. It's uh it's bizarre because we get so many types of different people coming in, like people that have podcasted before, people that have just started podcasting, and like so the studio might be someone's first ever experience of podcasting. So it's this re- we always get this really weird mix, and we've got everything from um, we've got swingers podcast to Christianity podcast. Like the the range wow. of people that use this studio is uh, is pretty wild, but it is it is it is nice. It's only small, but we we like it. No, it's ace. It's really really cool. Like I said, it makes me feel like I'm a real professional talking on a radio or something. So, Mark, we've jumped straight in chatting there, but let's just go back a bit. And if you can, just explain to my audience, in case they haven't heard of you, who you are, what you do, and how you got to do what you're doing now. All righty then. So I'm Mark Asquith, and I'm an alcoholic. That's, <laughs> That's a different podcast, <laughs> Oh, Mark. damn. Not this again. one. Not this one. <laughs> it's happened again. <laughs> Can't believe it. Um, so I run Rebel Base Media. Um, we're a podcasting company, basically. We're a podcast, primarily a podcast tech company. So we own a number of different brands in the space. Um, I've kind of claimed the title That British Podcast Guy, mm-hmm. um, just because it's really easy to explain what I do then. And and I, I'm usually in the States, you know, traveling and doing whatever we do. So I've kind of claimed that title. But Rebel Base Media, we own this podcast studio. Uh, we own a managed WordPress platform for podcasters called Podcast Website. So it's sort of a, um, a, a fully hosted and managed version of WordPress for podcasters. We own Productivity, which is an interaction startup in the pod, uh, podcasting space. Um, Podcast Success Academy, which is a membership um, that you are helping myself and Izzy with yep. uh, earlier this year that we're relaunching, I think probably January, February time. Um, and the big one that we, that we run, which people are probably most familiar um, with, is Captivate.fm, which is our hosting and analytics platform. Um, so we host your show, we you host uh, Ian Anderson Gray's, uh, Duckers, we own. Uh, so we, we we host so many different podcasts, like hundreds and thousands of podcasts across Amazing. the world. Um, so that's what we do, and and my job is really just whatever needs doing. You know, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the theoretically the, uh, the, the the I am the founder, but theoretically I hate the word or the phrase or the acronym CEO. I hate it, but apparently right. that's what I do. Okay, um, which basically <laughs> means make sure everything's running all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, doing product dev and product strategy and marketing work and, you know, bits of everything as, as, as you end up doing, I think. Uh, so that's what I do. That's, that's cool. me. So how did you even get into the podcasting space at all at the very beginning? Um, uh, so it was it was mainly because of DC Comics. Like, I'm a huge geek. Like, you've just been looking out in the <laughs> studio. There's like, yeah, yeah. There's, I think there's like a Jack Bauer toy. There's a, a Thundercats toy. There's a Luke Skywalker toy. There's a couple of dodgy 
um, Turkish Phantom Menace toys that Trev brought us in, uh, one of our toy collector friends. I love it. So, like, I'm that guy. I'm a bit bit geeky with that. So, I think it was about 20, uh, maybe 2011, doing all sorts of stuff. We used to work with Bosch and all these big brands, and I was kind of CEO of that as well. I used to do, um, my background is, is marketing, but very much mm-hmm. kind of, like not studied marketing. I yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like, we need to make money. So what can we learn? So I just, can we tell people? Yeah, exactly. So I just <laughs> learned that for yeah. years. Uh, and I was a, you know, a former coder back in the days. And I just built this agency and did that with, like I said, with, with, with the other guys I was running it with. And that was in around 2011, 2013. And one of the guys that I did this, um, this geek blog with, it was called Two Shots of Eddie. He said, we should start a podcast. I said, that guy's, that is absolutely ridiculous. Why would I want to do that? It's not 2005. Lost, not on the TV anymore. What the hell are we going to talk about? Like, this is ridiculous. And sure enough, it got me started. And the, the, in fact, the microphone that I started with, the white snowball microphone is just behind me on the uh, on, on the thingy. The sound was terrible. Like, Gaz was really pro uh, and I was terrible at it. But we did it. And I was like, oh, this is all right. Yeah, yeah. So then, like, fast forward, this was maybe early 2014. And I thought to myself, do you know what? People keep asking me for advice. I'm like, how have you grown an agency that's work, work, working with these huge brands from this little tin pot studio in Barnsley. Yeah, yeah. Like it's Barnsley. Like no one's heard of the place. No, so not London, is it? It's definitely not hashtag LDN. <laughs> um, so people were asking me for advice. So I thought like a genius, I thought this is brilliant. I'll do a podcast and I'm going to interview entrepreneurs. And this is in early 2014. So I'm like, no one's doing this. And then I was like, wait a sec. Hang on. Everyone's doing this. But it, Back in the day, not everyone was. There was maybe John and Pat and and yeah. I don't and I think Ducker was doing his, but maybe not in the format that he's doing it now. So there wasn't that many, mm-hmm. but I was totally naive to podcast. I didn't know people were doing this. So I just started doing it. Then I discovered John. We became business partners for a while and then I, you know, got to know all that kind of side of, yeah. of people, Pat and Chris and all these people that we now, you know, take for granted as, as doing entrepreneurial podcasts. But during that process, I'd built a website for myself, like a personally branded website, yeah. which is now on my markasquith.com site, formerly the Excellence Expected site. And I was like, this is a complete pain in the ass. Like what a total pain this is to like, I've got to figure out how to work Libsyn. Yeah. You know, I've got, and then I've got to somehow, you know, figure out why, why is this so complex? And then I've got to try and get it onto this website and it looks terrible mm-hmm. because the players aren't great. And I just like, it's just a bit heavy. Like, what? And I just thought to myself, there's something going on here where people will want to do this. They might not want to do it now, yeah. but in a few years' time or in a few months' time, I can see people wanting to do this. And there's no way of linking it up to their website easily. People want to use WordPress. There's a gap in the market. So me and Kieran, just on a punt, like one Tuesday night, just created mm-hmm. this product podcast website. And it was just very straightforward. Hosted, managed WordPress for podcasters. And we got into that. We launched it with John was um, our partner in that in the early days. Yeah. Um, and this is Johnny Dumas, just yeah. in case. That's it, Someone's yeah, sorry. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so John was our partner in this yeah. up until uh, maybe like August or July this year. Yeah. And, you know, we worked together very closely, did a lot of good work together, um, and, and we launched it. And I remember being sat there, Kieran and I sat in the studio one night, just watching, you know, this product launch um, before we'd even built it, like we pre-validated yeah, yeah. it. And that's how we got into it. And then we'd always had this plan of what we wanted to do, like we knew that we wanted to have Captivate, and we didn't know it was going to be called Captivate, but we yeah. knew we wanted to a better hosting platform when you wanted productivity. In fact, productivity was my first ever idea in podcasting. It was before podcast websites, it was before anything else. Um, And that's how we got into it. And then suddenly like five years later, all the plans that we'd started to put in place five years ago, they're just now kind of the public are like, oh, right, okay, that's the plan. Um, So it's it's an exercise in patience and frustration. Yeah, (laughs) that's business full stop, isn't it? (laughs) Literally, my life. Um, So what's interesting is we've got like this this really weird thing about podcasts because like you said you started one and you were like hello you know we've got the internet now and tv and videos what the hell are we doing doing a podcast and I remember when I first started listening to them thinking no this is old school this is ridiculous and now literally in the last few months and we're recording this at the end of 2019 we're literally seeing, I'm seeing adverts for the BBC talking about their podcast platform and how you should listen to this podcast. Every celebrity and their dog is now having a podcast. So what, what I mean, I've got theories as to what I think or why I think they've become popular, but what's your thought? Why are they suddenly this big thing? So if you've, if, you, if you've read like Outliers, Mark and Gladwell, you know, it, it, it shows that to be a pro hockey player, 
it's better to be born within this time window. If you look at Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, if you look at um, the guy that invented uh, Java, I forget his name, I feel terrible for that, but they were born within a, a, a 12-month period of each other, which meant that when they got to a certain age, uh, there was a, a, a culmination of things, of situations, of circumstance that came together to allow them to do what they did. And then they jumped on it. You know, anyone in yeah. that generation could have jumped on it. They did. And had one of those pieces not been in place, they would have never been able to do what they did. Right. And it's the same scenario with podcasting insofar as, you know, you see people online talking about, well, it's not a podcast unless it's an RSS feed. And I remember when I used to have to type my own RSS feed out. And like, okay, well done. What you can type and you, you, you were playing with podcasting. That's brilliant. Okay. Yeah. But that was the barrier. You know, up until I think maybe 2010, what what was going on was that podcasting was almost a little bit like CB radio. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant for broadcast. It was brilliant for, for connections. It was brilliant for getting content out. But it was kind of for the geeks. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you had to manually code things because hosting companies existed at that point, but no one really cared because it wasn't native, natively supported by Apple. You know, they didn't yeah. put it on their phone until much later as a native, you cannot delete this app. App, they didn't put it on iOS as a as an undeletable for a long time. Okay, it's only fairly recently. Um, so that was one part of it. If you think about the world in general, and in particular for you know for for this audience now, for your audience, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's content marketing was still a buzzword. No one knew what it meant, and, and I don't, there's still like fifty percent of marketers still haven't got a bloody clue what it means. <laughs> you know, so it's like content marketing like started to exist. Yeah, but then there was like this perfect storm of technology. And what happened was YouTube gave creators a way to start to build an audience by, you know, like the slow-mo guys. What happens when you pop a balloon at slow motion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing content. Yeah. But at the same time, it's totally pointless. Yeah, it's not doing anything. It's not doing, but it's entertaining. Very entertaining. And that's the kicker, is that podcasters then decided, wait a second, this is kind of an entertainment medium. But then there was this other perfect storm going on around education. Um and the BBC said this. I went to Rain Summit in London last week and the BBC said something that everyone else had known for like the last 10 years, <laughs> which was, we are now in an on-demand economy. Like, yeah, no, really? really? Oh yeah, well really? done. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Please put that in your marketing. Um, but what happened was Uber came around and yeah. then Uber Eats came around mm-hmm. and then Netflix came around and stopped delivering your DVDs and started streaming everything. Yeah. And then suddenly Deliveroo started to exist and now Amazon Prime exists. So yeah. essentially you can get everything is on demand. And there's there's been a huge shift in the way that people consume everything. Mm-hmm. Podcasting was there before all of this. I mean, it wasn't there before all of this stuff. I mean, YouTube arguably existed, uh, you know, on, on yeah, videotapes yeah. since the 80s. <laughs> but you've been making home videos, haven't we, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, you know, that's what happened is that the, the, the mass market, you know, the people that wouldn't ordinarily think about podcasts just went, wait a second. Yeah. This is just Netflix for kind of radio stuff. I know there are podcast purists that will kick me in the face for that, but, you know, ultimately, that's all it is. It is. Yeah. Whether you can be a podcast purist as much as you want, but ultimately that is what my mum will say. Oh, it's like Netflix for radio. Mm. You know? So that's. I think that's what happened. I think the entrepreneurial space is a little bit bizarre because I okay. think you got people like JLD who did a great job of EO Fire, uh, you got people like Pat doing a great job, but I, I do think podcasting as, as at the same time as all that was happening in the mass market, I think entrepreneurs were thinking, wait a sec. So this is like 20 bucks a month for hosting. That's it. I don't need anything else except a microphone. And I can interview people and I can, and I can, I can build my network up and I can build businesses and build an audience. Like they had that realization around the same time as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why I think that's the, per- it was the perfect storm. And I yeah, think the yeah. industry, I don't even think it's even close to getting started yet. No, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's It seems to be growing, but it's still so small when you compare it to other things that actually it's it's a perfect time for people to be looking at it. But there's a couple of things that, that I think about when thinking about doing podcasts is that, first off, for me, it wasn't, it's not the cheapest thing because I wanted to do it properly. I'm one of these people. If I do anything, I do it properly. So like have, Kieran with golf. <laughs> He's terrible. Really? He really is bad. Is he good at golf though? No. No, he's terrible. Sorry, mate, if you're listening. Oh, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry. But he likes to do it properly. He's got all oh, the gear. Yeah. <laughs> all the gear, no idea. That's exactly it. That's, that's what I call him. Honestly, my husband skis. I don't think I've talked about this before. He skis. but And I, when I say skis, he used to ski for the RAF ski team. Oh, wow. Yeah, he does like downhill and stuff. This guy is phenomenal. Wow. And he took me skiing. Never skied in my life. I looked amazing. <laughs> Honestly, the photos, I, I look awesome. 
Did I ski? No, no, I go to the top of a mountain. I sit and have a hot chocolate mint rum, because that's how you have to say Obviously. it. And, uh, and sit there while he skis all day and I work. It's brilliant. But yeah, all Love the it. gear, all the gear, no idea. Literally put a set of skis on once was not for me. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> But, like, it's one of the most expensive things I do because I have someone transcribe it. I have uh, someone edit it for me now. I never did when I started. I did, uh, We edited it ourselves. I have someone write my show notes because I'm not naturally the best, easiest writer. And then I have a VA who works with me and she helps me manage the podcast. She helps sort out all the social media stuff and that sort of thing. So for me, the podcast is a fairly expensive thing to do from a content point of view. Because if we're talking about posting on social media or a blog, there's a lot more cost with the podcast. Secondly, it takes time. And granted, if I was to write a blog, that would take me a hell of a time because I hate writing. But planning and organising who's coming on, what you're going to talk about, then doing it, then the process of, okay, now I've recorded it, it's got to go off to be edited, then it's got to have the show notes, then it's got to go to Rev and get transcribed, then it's got to be put on the site and blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's a big deal. And I'm just really interested because there's lots of people out there who are probably looking at podcasts going... Well, hang on, there's a couple of things. My mind's going all over the shop now. Right. One thing is, how do you stand out? Because I remember talking to Andrew and Pete and they said, they did a podcast and they said, we just don't want to be another marketing podcast that interviews people. So when I started it, I was a bit like, oh, holy crap. Am I just going to be another marketing podcast that interviews people? But also, can just anybody do it? I mean, is it is it as easy and worth people doing it as people might think when they listen to podcasts? Oh, yeah, I want a podcast. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so two parts of that. I agree with Andrew and Pete wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, I, like, I did 150 episodes of my interview show, and it was, you know, it was all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I got some big names early. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. talking like episode five is Guy Kawasaki or something, and I'm like, Amazing. that's cool, guys, all right. We had a good laugh. Robert Scoble crashed the party, you know, so you do all, you, you, you can build a network pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think that's the first thing you've got to understand is, like, where do you want to be with this? Because I, I do agree with Andrew and Pete. I don't mm-hmm. want to be another quote-unquote crappy uh, interview podcast. People did start to rip Pat, John, Ducker, and a few of the other guys off. John in particular, you know, fire. People like, and I see this every day, and I'm like, look, John did that really well. Because that was him and his thing. Yeah. And just do do something else because I'd like that guest that's on your show has probably already been on John's show. Mm-hmm. And John has got this format and this formula, and people like him for that. If you just copy it, I'd may as well just listen to John. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I may as well just do that. It's like and getting it's- a, easier for John to do because that's the way he is. Whereas if we're trying to copy someone, that's not very easy for us to do. Exactly. And to put it into context, John's not doing that anymore. You know, there's mm-hmm. a reason he's not doing that. He's got a, a slightly different format now. So I think I agree with that, but you've got to understand like, what do you want to get out of podcasting? If it's network, yeah, interview people, but then understand that you're probably not going to do as well as you think you're going to do with an interview show. Yeah. Because like I've probably been on a thousand podcasts mm-hmm. and like, you know, you have and 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 someone like Guy Kawasaki has been. Yeah. And Pat, you know, I, I love Pat Flynn to bits. He's a great guy. We're friends and we talk and I, I'm not interested in him on my podcast. Because he's been on so much stuff. Yeah. He's been seen in so many places. And yeah. the only way you can do, if you do want the big names, get him to talk about something else. Like if I was going to get Pat on a podcast, or even, in fact, Chris is the better example. So Chris is a friend. Um, we work closely on some projects. I ain't getting him on my podcasting podcast. I ain't getting him on my business podcast. I'm getting on my Star Wars podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because he's going to talk about something that he's never spoken about in yeah, public. Yeah. So I think there's that side of things. If you're going to do interviews, understand that you're not going to, you ain't going to build a million dollar empire no. from doing it. And if no. you are, it's going to be a hard slog and you're always going to have to be topping up your back end. And what I mean by that is more courses, more products, more stuff. And that's not easy money. That's hard money. And it takes time. It, it really does because people need to trust you. And that's the other side of the coin with that is that whose trust are you trying to build? Mm. Are you trying to build trust in you or are you trusting them? Because you're trying to build, like, I've done all the talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, that's the point. The, when I'm interviewing someone, and actually I, I'm going to do it right now and I'm going to tell you that I'm doing it. But I spoke to someone the other day and I said I was listening to someone else's interview and it made me think, oh, my God, do I talk too much on my interviews? No, you don't talk enough. Do you not think? <laughs> I don't think you you don't talk enough. So this is your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your show. People aren't tuning in for me because all they have to do is Google me. And yeah. They can hear me in a thousand places yeah. saying not always the same stuff, but variations on a theme because people ask me about podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for you, people are like, they're tuning in to listen to you and me. But the key thing is it's you because yeah. we never, you know, we didn't talk about Paul Skeen on Pat's show. We didn't talk <laughs> about, you know what I mean? It, that's... 
that's the yeah. thing. So you're the centerpiece of this one. So I do think there's something around designing a format that lets you, the host, shine. Where you got to think about. So if we kind of go a bit further into that, like, what's your goal? If it's if it's if it's just to build a network, sure, yeah. sit back. And just interview. And it's brilliant because I have met and interviewed some of the most amazing people, you know, and people who listen to the show will know who I've had on. They know I've had Amy and Pat and Michael Hyatt. And in two weeks time, we're traveling out to Nashville and I'm going to be sat in a room with 10 people and Michael Hyatt. Like I'd never have got that opportunity if it wasn't for the fact that I did this kind of thing. However, I totally agree that I, the reason I do the format I do, which is every other pretty much. Mm So interview, solo interview solo is because sometimes on an interview someone you interview someone who's amazing and they don't give you what you want or you sit there and think I this person could be great at telling me these steps and they have another agenda or it just doesn't quite work out the same and then I wonder what content someone's getting from it Mm -hmm. so for me doing the solos means I can teach and give real content and for me Although I love doing the podcast and I think I would just keep doing it. Ultimately, it is a a part of my business. It's a way for people to find me, for people to get to know me, to like me, to trust me. Mm-hmm. And then realize that hopefully if they want to come into the academy, I can really help them. And doing that through those teaching lessons is probably way more useful to me than necessarily some of the interviews. And although the interviews are great for me to kind of go, oh, wow, I had that person. But sometimes, you know, because we're so wrapped up in this world... I interview someone that I'm like, oh my God, this person's amazing. And people are like, who are they? Because yeah. they don't know them, do they? So, you know, it, it's a real interesting strategy that, isn't it? It's, it's curious because, I mean, and it, it really is good to be able to say, you know, I'm doing, like I'm going out, I'm going to spend some time with Michael and we know Pat and all that sort of, but like, like I'd rather, I'd rather be trying to increase the monthly recurring revenue. <laughs> I'd rather be at home doing that. Yeah. And it's, you, I think you get to a point, like I, I'm quite forceful with my networking. Like I'm literally, you know, within two years of being in the space, I'm like fairly close with the Vayner Media guys, fairly yeah. close with all the people. Everyone's like, how have you done that? And it's just like, it's very easy. You just said you want to be a, and it's not yeah. like none of this is secret stuff. No, no, no. And the fun thing with it is that I think you get to a realization when it comes to the podcast. And I think you've just, just articulated it really well is that, you know, you had adding more value by teaching. Because this is the other yeah. thing, you know, you, you, you ask the question, can anyone do it and should people be doing it? Yes, but. It's a yes, but. Okay. Especially for people in business. Because I say to most people, like, what are you doing with your podcast? And they'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to add value to my listeners. I'm like, that is like a plumber turning up and saying, I'm going to do plumbing. Like, of course it is. Like, that is what you're here to do. <laughs> That is exactly what, but specifically, that's that. <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. And I've pressed play and I've paid you with my time. Yeah. That's kind of what I've paid for is like, I expect you to add value or entertain me. Either make me laugh or teach me something. Yeah. That's it. You know, yeah. that's all, the only thing that podcasting is there for. One of those two things. Evoke some kind of emotion and entertain me or teach me something. Yeah. There's nothing else. And and I guess if you can do a bit of both. Yeah. You're onto a winner. That's huge. Yeah. And that's what Andrew and Pete do well. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you've got the personality to do that as well with your solo stuff and yeah. the interview stuff is always fun. So you've kind of got that real mix. But most people starting podcasting just think it is going to be quick and easy uh, because they can yeah. just quote unquote add value. What, what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. it's rare that I see a podcaster positioning themselves. And it, there's only very few people that I can think of that I've seen start in the last three years that have truly done that and have really used interviews truly to position themselves. Mm. And otherwise it's just, you know, what they say online and what they talk about in person is probably very different to what their annual revenue is mm. because it's, it, there's a, it's disparate, you know, because sure. it's easy to be able to say, I've done this, this and this, but actually where's the, where's the brass off the back of it? So you've got to be really careful with that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really honest about this because I think there's too much, and I don't think it's just this industry. I'm sure it happens in every other industry. But anybody can watch my Insta stories. They can watch my feed and see that I'm speaking on this stage and doing this thing and recording with this person and traveling here. It costs me a fortune. Like when I go to Nashville, that's not paid. I'm not being paid to go to Nashville. I've got to pay to go to Nashville. I've got to pay to be sat in that room. I spoke yesterday in Harrogate, which is why I'm in Sheffield today. And I don't. I didn't get paid for that. It was a marketing event mm-hmm. with Professor Philip Kotler, so therefore it's a very prestigious thing to be invited to. I didn't get paid. That's two days out of my week, 
where I'm, it looks great, but I'm not earning any money from that. So, mm. and like you said, the, I have my academy now, which is where all my efforts are going into. And that's what I want to build. But th- doing it through speaking and podcasting is two fairly slow ways. I probably yeah. should think of a more faster way to build this because this isn't going to like help me tomorrow when I want to pay for shopping. But, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Christmas is coming. My daughter wants things. But, you know, so it's difficult because those are the slow burning things. However, and hopefully you'll agree with this, I feel like when I speak to someone and I talk, hopefully, fingers crossed people agree with me, when I talk, I'm talking as if I'm talking to one person. Yeah. So when I'm in your ears and you're hearing me talk, that over time, when you do make the decision to come and join me and hand over money for something at some point, you will be my best, longest customer because Mm. you've sat and built that trust over time. Whereas if you just saw an ad, went to a checkout page, checked out, that might be the only thing you ever buy from me. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's important, and it's you're essentially building your assets up as well. You know, back to that speaking and stuff. That's that's how we build our business in podcasting so quickly. Is that you know we went to every event. I, you know, I've invested hundreds of thousands yeah. of pounds in going to events and sponsoring events right out of the gate. We sponsored the biggest conf- podcasting conference, and people are like, well, who are these guys? They're like, who's invested? No one had invested. We just I I paid for that. Yeah, it's brave, isn't it? But you've got to do it. So now yeah. it gets to the point like, you know, we we built relationships with Apple and Spotify and Google very, very quickly as opposed to, you know, it's having the confidence to go out there and do that. But there is something around, in particular with podcasting, where people see it as this short, like it's the classic SEO thing. Mm. You know, it's, I've tried SEO for three months and it's don't, yeah. don't work, so I'm going to cancel it. And you're like, well, that's not how it works. Like, yeah. it's, you know, the O is optimization. Like, optimization implies longevity and time. Like, get a grip. Yeah. And it's the same with podcasting. You can't just turn it on. But I do think you do have to be careful. And I think you've got a really nice mix of the interviews and the solo stuff because you, your ultimate goal is to position you as the authority yeah. if all you do is interview. And you've only got to look at some of the interview, the entrepreneur podcasts out there. Go mm. and look at revenue reports for some of the entrepreneurial podcasts out there. And just go and look at whether that revenue's grown over the last five years, and it hasn't. Yeah. Go and yeah. look, and it, you know, th- there's fifty out there that you could pick from. Mm. Go and look at their revenue year on year, and it, 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 the only ones that have grown are the ones that build other stuff that mm. don't use a podcast just to build their business. That do the podcast because they love it. Yeah. You know, they're not using the podcast to build an audience and then fulfill a back end of something semi intangible. You know, yeah. you. You've got to be really careful with that. That's why people like um, like the next wave, I think, is like kind of micro, not micro podcast, but sort of like regional and, and hyper niche stuff. Mm. So I'm talking like accountants in Barnsley. Yeah. You know, have a little podcast. I don't care about the budget. I honestly do not care. Like what's going to happen to my milk and what's going to happen to my tax? I don't care yeah, about yeah. And the beer, obviously. Yeah. Like, that's obviously. the only thing. <laughs> but, Get the milk. I don't know what you're talking about the there. Milk. <laughs> <laughs> I need the milk for the day after, yeah. <laughs> for the tea. Um, but... You know, have a have a look at what's what's going on in that kind of niche where there's a, a, a micro podcast that's saying, Do you know what? If you need accounts advice in Barnsley, you're wondering what's going on. Like, we're only gonna get fifty downloads. But there's every every person that needs an accountant in Barnsley, like we had a logical choice because we're the only ones that have told you what you can expect from the budget. Yeah. It's a tiny little thing, and that is that is content marketing in its most pure form. But people aren't thinking like that. They're thinking, I'm an accountant in Barnsley. I need to, I need to, I need to basically interview the person that invented numbers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. They try and think way too big. And do you know what? I had this discussion just the other day with someone in social media who's in my academy and we were talking about creating content and what kind of content people want. And I, we talked about the fact that often our customers or people we're trying to sell to want the most basic stuff, right? So I walk in a room and I did some train, uh, I did a workshop the other day for a friend of mine. She had a coaching event and I'm talking about building their strategy and their funnel and all this kind of cool stuff. And at the end, someone comes up to me and goes, I don't, I'm not sure what Instagram is, but do you think I should be on it? Right? <laughs> and of course, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you're sat there listening, thinking, oh, you think I'm stupid? No, no, no. I don't think you're stupid. I think we're stupid because we sit there as experts. Like you said, who are we trying to impress? Are we trying to impress our peers mm-hmm. by going, oh, look, I know this and I've done this. And like you said, I'm interviewing some amazing person who created social media or... Because it'd be a bit like me interviewing Mark Zuckerberg. Don't get me wrong, I'd actually quite like to interview Mark Zuckerberg. 
But it would be like me interviewing him. He's going to add nothing to my audience. Like there's nothing he could say, I don't really think, that would that would benefit my audience in terms of, so how do I do that ad? Or how do I post a pitch on Instagram? And I think we need to decide, are we trying to be experts in our industry to be seen with all the experts or are we trying to sell to our customers well that's true and, and you know like zuck would come on and he'd be all weird like he is and he'd just <laughs> it'd be a terrible interview it would be so bad <laughs> wouldn't it it'd be like congress all over again but he he would you know he'd entertain that's why tim ferris does such a good job because he he is so broad in the type of people that he gets but the core of it is always around improvement you know the mindset of improvement and he's he's in fact it's only very recently that he started running ads and stuff to his podcast and he started saying, download this checklist from me. Like something's going on with Ferris. I don't know, if right. they, I don't know what's going on, but something's going Except on with someone him. someone new in his world going, you need to sort this out. I don't know. Something like that or whether there's, and this, I, I've got nothing to back this up, but maybe, I don't know, maybe the sponsors are getting itchy, maybe the, maybe mm. the numbers are dropping or the, maybe the just numbers are not growing like they'd expect. Yeah. But something somewhere is going, weirdly. Mm. But up until recently, he was just like, look, I've had Arnie talking about a mindset of winning. That's amazing, amazing content, but then you could get Mark Hamill and you could get, you could, you could get, I think he's had, um, you know, he's had scientists, uh, Machio Kaku, he's had all sorts of people, I think, yeah. on the show. And you're like, well, these are so varied, but it's always got that nugget of self-improvement in there. Yeah. So he's not even pretending to do anything mm. else. It's just like, look, these are great stories from people that have done really good stuff. And I might have climbed, climbed Kilimanjaro, might have been Mr. Olympia a hundred times, or... I might have invented this or built this business, you know, so it's, mm. it is deciding what you want to be. And it's, I think it's how you're going to monetize the entire thing. And mm. I, I think one of the worrying parts for podcasters in particular is that people forget to make the distinction. Um, you know, when you start a podcast, you've got to understand is the podcast, the product or is the podcast helping you to sell a product? Yeah. And with us, it's very clear, Captivate Insider, my podcast accelerator show, yeah. like my podcast accelerator, I'm teaching you the bits of podcasting that no one's really teaching you. Yeah. And, the reason I'm doing that is not to get sponsors. Sure, Aweber on board, but like it wouldn't matter no. if they weren't. I'd still do it. The goal is to position us as people that know what they're talking about in podcasting. Yeah. Because guess what? We built a podcast platform. Yeah. It's not, you know, so many people try to do both. There'll be an entrepreneur that comes on and like, right, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to get a sponsor. Like, why are you trying to get a sponsor? How many how many blog posts have you got on your website that have got sponsors? Yeah. None. How many videos on YouTube have got sponsors? None. So why do you suddenly th feel like you've got to do it with your podcast? Like use it as a channel and focus yeah. on that as a channel so that you can start to say to people, well, look, this is what works really well for us, by the way, is that, you know, someone puts something in on Captivate Support. How do I get my podcast in Google Podcasts? I'm like, haha, here's how you do it. And then a day later, you've there's a podcast episode. episode. Yeah, And it, it does great things because the cool thing with that is that people see the episode and then they listen to the next episode, which yeah. is... How do I get my podcast into Apple Podcasts? And it might answer the question. It might stop a support request. But also, they're going to tell someone. They'll see it on Facebook in the podcast movement group. How did you do this? Well, Matt's got an episode about it and Captivate does it. You're, oh, okay. That's very easy. I'll yeah. sign up for Captivate and subscribe to Mark. Sure. So uh, it, it's, it becomes very obvious when you think about it like that. And like you said, you've been really clear that that podcast is not making you money or the aim of that podcast is to not get a sponsor. The aim of that podcast is to help people learn how to do podcasting but also then make the right decision and join Captivate yeah and and that supports that perfectly and I love the way that you you said that really clearly it's either the product or it's selling a product and it can't be both I don't think because well, I think you can get sponsors but I don't think it will ever be sponsors that you can live off no you know if you look at um Look at anyone that's got major sponsors. Again, look at look at people that are generating income from various things online mm -hmm. and, and podcast the main thing. The bulk of that, the revenue that comes from these people is on pod, uh, podcast sponsorships. Like they're selling. So if you, you know, look at any entrepreneurs online that just do their podcast and they might have memberships, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's a, it's a fairly disproportionate split. Like the show yeah. is probably earning the money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, look at... Anyone that's got a big show, the podcast is their revenue. You know, yeah. look at the way that Wondery do things, the big networks, and look at what they do. They ain't, yes, they're trying to position for IP later to sell out to a TV studio or whatever, but they're positioning the story to make the money. They're not yeah. saying, well, guess what? We're going to do Doctor Death or Bad Batch, and what we're going to do is we're going to sell you a course on how not to choose the wrong doctor and die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's not what they're doing. But that's in the, that to me kind of goes, that's the entertainment industry. That's not, that's not an entrepreneur trying to build a business in something else. No. So the other thing about sponsorship is interesting because someone asked to sponsor my podcast and 
I said no because one, I didn't know what the system was and that doesn't sit with me. But there is still something. Like I talk about certain systems all the time. I talk about you guys online. I tweet about you and, and how good Captivate is. But there is something that really would have to sit so authentically with me that I couldn't do it otherwise. Even when I listen to some of the podcasts that I love and they have an actual sponsor and they go, this week's episode is sponsored by, I could not do that. I just, like, I'd almost want to say, well, no, to be honest, rather than looking at the sponsorship for the site, I would, uh, for the podcast, I would rather just do affiliate stuff Mm -hmm. and say, I'm talking about this company this week because I love them. So I've, I interviewed um, the guy who heads up Bonjouro. Oh, uh, Ollie or Matt. Uh, Matt. Matt. Really lovely guy. I had a great chat with him all around loving customers. And of course we talked about Bonjouro. But so I said on, on the intro and outro, I've put a link in there. It's my affiliate. You don't have to use it. You can go and Google it and you'll find them. But I'd much rather do that than just try and make it sound authentic, which I don't think I could do by going, this week it's sponsored by... Yeah. Well, the data backs that up as well. You know, the data proves that host red ads, the way the host really cares, yeah. perform better. You know, if, if we think... So you, you made a great point earlier, which is kind of um, the, the more articulate way of saying what I was saying, which is you know, it's either the product or it's not the product. But you said this is entertainment, so it's entertainment or value. Yeah. And you got to think that, you know, the entertainment industry in podcasting is huge. You know, that's predicted mm-hmm. to hit 1 billion next year. It was going to be 2021, now it's 2020. Amazing. And we're talking people like, let's say, like, like Dr. Death. Yeah. Uh, I think that's 39 million downloads. That's entertainment. That yeah. is mass entertainment. And they're trying to figure out what works. Progr- uh, programmatic ads, dynamic ad insertion, is it host red stuff? And the host red stuff always works where you can thread a narrative because it's always yeah. a... You know, if you and I were being, you know, let's say there's a fake company called Cups Unlimited, you know, yeah. because I'm looking at my cup. There's a, you know, Cups Unlimited. It's like, oh, you know, Teresa and I were in the studio, blah, blah, blah. Just having a quick brew before we get into it. Oh, by the way, if you want your own brew in a cup, go to Cups Unlimited, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's a very natural. Yeah. And they perform better. Like the studies show that they perform better. So if you are a podcast and you get, you know, you get a sponsor and you don't really believe in them, like no way on earth does Squarespace power the website of Serial. No chance. Mm-hmm. So if you don't believe in it, it's yeah. it's a fairly, unless you've got mass numbers and it's a big entertainment play like Squarespace having mass appeal by sponsoring Serial. Yeah. If you're a podcaster that's doing things like entrepreneurs or marketers or using it to build your business, if you take a sponsor, that sponsor ain't sticking around long. So you may as well not bother. Mm. You know, yeah, you might earn a few grand from it, but at what cost? Mm. You know, you've sold that spot in a knee-jerk reaction and your audience aren't really going to benefit from that one minute of ads. And it's a really weird scenario because if you, if you don't have enough audience or if your audience is not engaged enough, the sponsors aren't going to stick around anyway because they'll, they're not going to get any results. You're right. And the other thing that's really interesting, which I find fascinating and one of the things that you did in the business was you did a big questionnaire to podcasters. Oh yeah. Because one thing that I find really frustrating when I started was how do I know if I'm any good? How do I know if actually that's a good number of downloads or that's what's expected? And of course, lots of people aren't very honest, right? They like to make this stuff up. Oh, they do. Right? So you might speak to someone and go, and I have asked the very honest question and gone, how many downloads have you got? I'll tell you how many I've got. I'd even show them like, you know, before I'd moved to Captivate, it'd be on Libs and I'd go, look, that's how many I've had in total. Like, do you think that sounds about right? Or what did you get? Because I was so fascinated. And you did this report and you talked about it at Retain where you spoke, which was awesome, really good event. The interesting thing is, surprisingly, the majority of people get under 100, was it? No, under 500 episodes, 500 downloads an episode. Oh, and it's way under. I'm what? talking more like less than 100. And that's the majority of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So, and that just blew my mind, because like you said, you listen to podcasts, and obviously, as people, we tend to probably listen to the popular ones, so Amy and James and Pat and all those guys. And the last stat I heard of Pat's was he's had like 50 million downloads across all his stuff he's done. And you sit there and think, oh, right, 50 million. Okay, that's what i got to get to, right? Hello, let's be realistic here. Like, seriously, that's crazy to think. And it was lovely. I have to say I feel very reassured because I think on average now we're probably getting in the first, because you talked about the first 30 days. So in the mm-hmm. first 30 days, we're roughly getting about six or 700 downloads per episode, which I am proper pleased about it. That's I'm a great really, number. Really, really happy about it. And 
it's, there's nothing nice there. And you must find this. I had an email the other day. This lady emailed me saying, my son and his boyfriend said, I need to speak to you because they listen to your podcast and they know everything there is to know about lead magnets because of you. <laughs> and I was like, that's brilliant. I love that there's these two people out there that I have no idea who they are. And they listen to the podcast and it's just ace. So for me, it's been a really good tool. But I think for a couple of reasons. One, because I like speaking and I find that much easier to do than writing. And I like teaching. So for me to be able to sit down on a podcast and go, right, if you want to get this on Instagram, do this, 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 this. If you want to know with your ads work, do this, 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 this. And that just fits perfectly with me. So with that in mind, looking at someone who's wanting to do a podcast, I want to bring up Captivate. And mm -hmm. obviously this wasn't necessarily the reason I wanted to interview you, but I do use Captivate. It's a brilliant, brilliant tool because when I started my podcast, I didn't do any of the tech. And and that showed. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Like literally I did nothing. So when I moved over to Captivate, I have taken on doing the tech, right? When I say tech, it's not really tech. It's literally just uploading an episode. But I've taken that on because first off, it's so, so simple, which is amazing. It looks brilliant, which again is phenomenal. So literally, you know, putting in a better code on a page on my website, boom, there's your player. It just looks brilliant. And it's been an amazing tool for me to use. And it really is great. And I moved from Libsyn. I'm very honest about, you know, it was that was fine. That worked great. But I moved over and Captivate for me has done, well, one, it's much prettier. And I really like pretty things. Pretty. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> did you design it, Mark? No, I'll tell you about that. Oh, it's, it's had like 32 designs. Is oh, that all? <laughs> and actually, it's not had any designs. <laughs> That's the irony of this thing is that it's not had anything. So we've got like this team of uh, like we start, so we started life as podcast websites and then we, we introduced the rebel based media group and then you know spun off some of the products and uh the way that we always do that is that we'll we'll build like we built podcast websites put that team in and then kieran and i what we do is we start the next one yeah. so kieran and me literally no one else has worked on captivate apart from maybe a little bit of design on the player and maybe a tiny bit of help on one of the one of the back end bits of code like a tiny bit of it Everything else has been myself and Kieran. Yeah. Um, and apart from the branding as well, we didn't design the branding. But everything else has been me and him. So we reset the team. It goes back to just me and him. And we aren't designers. Like I'm pretty good at UX and, and right. user experience because that's what we've done for years. So, I mean, it's had a lot. It's had a <laughs> lot. Like we used to work Wednesday nights. So the way this started, remember, it was January the 3rd, 2019, this year. Right. Captivate didn't exist. We'd announced it. And I remember firing up Bootstrap, um, which is like a, a, an HTML layout set of, of, right. of code. And I was like, right, better build the front end for this thing and prototype it. And just coded it up. And all, all we've done is iterate, iterate, and sit down and say, right, how can we make that bit better? What, what, if, what if we just make the header more usable? Yeah. So we've refined and trimmed and trimmed and trimmed to end up where it is now. So it's not, it's funny because it's not had any design. It's not had any one design in anything. And I think that's a bit of a lesson. Yeah, yeah. For because people overcomplicate it. Like a lot of people think I need to start something, but I've not got the team. And you you probably don't need it. No. As long as you've got a bit of the skills or you can buy a little bit of some of the, the, the more extreme skills in, you can probably do it. And what that showed was you knew what you were talking about because you've been in this industry for a long time and therefore you'd worked with it. And I think sometimes in lots of different things, people see the online space, they see courses and memberships and tech and things and they think yeah I can do that and it's like not saying you can't do it absolutely but your skill really came out because you knew what people would want because you'd done it for years and you knew what you felt when you were setting yours up well I actually built it for me some yeah. of the features that are in there that people absolutely love I, I built because I was annoyed like yeah. there was one I think I was annoyed one morning because I've been stuck in traffic and I was like Kieran I've got to publish this episode out why Every time when I publish an episode, do I have to choose the time it goes out? Why can't we just put a setting in the show settings yeah. that is default show time? He's like, yeah, all right, we'll do that. So perfect. And everyone's like, that's a genius idea. And I'm like, it's just because I was annoyed. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, and that's the thing about, like you talked earlier on about, you know, sometimes we're a little bit crazy insofar as we think that people want more advanced things. Yes. A lot, like you said, a lot of people don't. They just want the stuff that they're doing to be a little bit easier, more understandable. So, you know, if it's what is Instagram, how do I use it? Yeah. Give them that, you know, it, mm. there's a, a progression, you know, and you've got to understand that you know, we could, I always think about this, like with conferences, like we could go to a conference mm -hmm. for five years running, see the same speakers or the same thing. 
And you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. But there will be the majority of the people in that room, it will probably be the first time they're even considering that concept because there's more people in the world than you think, Mm -hmm. you know? And people have always been attracted to new things and podcasting and entrepreneurship or marketing or whatever. So there's always a new stream of people. Yeah. Um, So you do have to kind of, you've got to trust yourself, I would say. Like we Captivate, we never, we've not looked at any other hosting platforms. I've not seen any of the hosting platforms on the back end, how they do things. I don't know how they sign people up. I don't know how they onboard people. I don't know how they display their analytics. I have got no idea. And when you see people using it, saying, oh, that's a little bit like these guys. You're like, well, that means those guys obviously know the industry as well. Because yeah. it, So there's a lot to be said for not looking over the fence. And, you know, when we built Captivate, we'd never looked at Libsyn. I don't care what Libsyn do. Yeah. And you've got to be, you've got to have that confidence. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think you do this really well with your content and the way that you pitch yourself and position yourself. And there are a few other people like Andrew and Pete do it really well. Yeah. You've got to trust that gut. A little bit, which I think is, I think that's vital today. You know, if you go right back to the beginning, we asked like, how, how can people stand out? Yeah. There's nothing any different about anyone. No. Like none of us have got anything <laughs> different apart from the opinions and the beliefs and the experiences that we've got. And how we put it across. Yeah. And you've just got to stand by that. You and it, be confident with it. Yeah. It's just me and you and how we do things. Mm. There's... If you wanted to know how to set up an Instagram account, there are a million people out there who could tell you to do it. Yeah. But I might say it in a different way. I might, you know, pitch it differently, whatever. Or you might just like the way I say it. But there's nothing different out there. So, okay. So if someone's starting, because Captivate does make it super easy for people to start. And I think that's a good thing. And actually, I looked at someone's podcast the other day and I went to their page. I was like, where's their show notes? Where's their transcripts? <laughs> right. But of course, that's just me because I am like, like I said, if I'm going to do something, it's going to be as good as I can get it. I'm a perfectionist. It's a nightmare. So it takes me ages to do anything. <laughs> so um, they can start really simply, can't they? Mm. Like it takes very little for them to get started. So can you just talk briefly through, like if someone's sat there going, and I know because I got a voice message of a friend the other day going, thinking of starting a podcast. I haven't told anybody. Don't tell anybody. So, so I've not heard a thing. No, didn't say anything. Um, but so like for someone like that, what, what do they need to do? What's your advice for getting going? So I think you've got, but you know, first of all, outside the text of outside of the captivate stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to, you've just got to figure out what you're trying to say. Yeah. You know, what story you're trying to tell, how are you trying to tell it and who's your audience? You know, it's, it's all the basic stuff that you would do if you were setting up anything. Yeah. And it's really about, you know, starting with something that's manageable. You know, a lot of people, because they saw John do, I'm going to start a seven-day-a-week show. Oh, that's, my God. That's mental, don't bother. How the actual hell did he ever do that? Just team and batch recording. You know, there's ed- editors and VAs. You know, that's that's you, this is the thing. You've got to understand your resource set. Yeah. If it's just you, don't bother. Do one every two weeks or a season. Yeah. You know, whatever. Just start with something that you can manage because it's easier to add to it than it is to remove from it. Mm-hmm. So start with something basic. Decide what you're going to do. You know, do some cover art. doesn't have to be anything crazy and, and super designed. Just yeah. start with something, uh, you know, square cover art, 1,400 pixels. That's all you need. And then, yeah, something like a Captivate will just make it easier. You literally go on there, click Create Podcast. You can do it within – you can be you can be in Spotify within an hour. Yeah, And you amazing. just literally create the podcast, type the name of the show in, type a bit of a description, put your cover art in. Very, very simple to do it. But the core thing is understanding what you're trying to record. You know, what are you trying to say? What are you doing? Why are yeah. you trying to do it? And just, you know, go with a basic MVP kit. Just go with a minimum viable kit that you need. You know, you mm-hmm. probably just need an ATR2100 like we spoke about uh, pre-recording. It's, you need a USB mic. Even do it yeah. into your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, you know, people, yeah, people are going to be a little bit, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But ooh, I'd rather you did that. To get started. Yeah, I'd rather you did that than not get started. Yeah, and also people will, they are a bit forgiving of some things, aren't they? Like this is a super cool studio, amazing mics, best equipment, like, I'd love it. This is like podcasting goals. But right now, and I, and what I have now is way better than I did when I started. The quality is probably way better than it was. So, and I'm probably way better than I was. Practice makes perfect. Exactly, but you have to start somewhere. And I think for me, it's the consistency. It's knowing, like you said, this is what I want to get out of it. And one thing I did do, which I personally would highly recommend, not sure anybody else would, but... When I went to Traffic and Conversion, I saw Johnny Dumas there and I saw Pat Flynn. And they both talked about how you get cool people on the podcast because that's what people want, isn't it? They want the big names. And I'm going to be totally honest, unless you have a relationship with them, they're not going to come on. Because I don't know about that. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. who do you think? I think that's changed. Do you? I think that's changed. Like I, I did an episode and I, I debate the merit of this because I agree with it principally. 
Yes. But I don't think that today it's the same because podcasts have just become part of a, uh, of a business person or an author or a video producer's PR process. Yes, so I agree be- with that. Yeah. They've become the same stories. Yeah, so when Seth Godin, I asked him to come on the podcast and he very politely and very quickly said, no, he was too busy, which I totally get. And I was talking to someone the other day, oh, Mike Stelzner, and he said, uh, ask him when he's next got a book out. And it's like, yeah, you're right. When someone's got something to promote, they are doing everything, aren't they? And I think for me, I've had two people, not including Seth, I've had two people, no, including Seth, I've had one person say no because they asked for my download numbers. And obviously what they, and they were big, they were huge. And obviously what they're trying to do is they're trying to make sure that they're not wasting their time. And I get that. But so basically, John Lee Dumas was talking about the fact of like, how do you get these bigger people on your podcast? And obviously, if they are asking what your download numbers are at the beginning, you're not going to have those download numbers. And he was saying to me that basically, you need to do at least, and he said 50, I didn't do 50 episodes, but he's like, you need to do a lot of episodes on your own, get really comfortable and used to that, and then do interviews. And for me, that was massive because one, I could work out how I got to talk and like to talk and do those episodes. Two, the pressure of trying to find interviews in those early days is hard work because, again, if you're trying to get what you deem in your industry as good people, then they are going to be harder to get. And if they do say yes, they're not going to be available that following week or very unlikely to be. So I remember I had Jasmine Starr booked in for months and months before we actually recorded the podcast episode. And I knew it was coming, but she just wasn't free and that's Mm. fine. So for me, doing those episodes on my own really, like I said, helped cement me in my style and what I like to do, took the pressure off the interviews and then started getting a little bit of sort of traction in terms of listeners rather than trying to jump in day one. And you know what else is super interesting? So Pat and Amy with my first two, loads of people have heard the stories, how this happened, so I won't go over it again, but... They haven't had as many downloads as the people who I've interviewed last week. They won't do. Because they were back, gone, whenever it was. So I, also, I don't think it's that. I, I would I would urge you to check who you think are the top 10 biggest names you've got and compare them to the top 10 people that you think are unknowns. So interestingly enough, you and I have had a conversation about who is my most popular podcast episode. Now, this is slightly ruined now because this person has just come out with a podcast. So this isn't going to work for anybody else. <laughs> but Jasmine Starr, and granted she is a big name, but for ages and probably still is my highest download. And she was months and months and months ago. But you said, and ever since then, I've always sort of thought of that in mind, is she didn't have a podcast. So if someone wanted to listen to Amy, they go listen to Amy's podcast. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to listen to Pat, they listen to Pat's podcast. Jasmine didn't have a podcast. So for me, whether that's why she then, and she also promoted my stuff, which was amazing. What did she talk about? She talked about Instagram and how to be authentic on Instagram. And she's just, she was a great episode. She's a great storyteller. She's very personable. We we both talk fast. So God help anybody who listens to that episode. <laughs> There's no way you're listening to my episodes on fast forward. There's, There's no way. a 0.5 speed exactly. on the podcast players. <laughs> Slow that thing yeah, right out. <laughs> but like, so she just talked about Instagram and it was fairly simple, fairly basic. But I think there was a few things, like you said, one, she didn't have a podcast. So there was nowhere else for people to go and listen. And, and the content wasn't, rocket science it wasn't trying to like blow people's minds or show everybody she's the authority in the industry it was really straightforward basic stuff but again since then I've had people who are not far behind her who are who are technically I hate saying this because it sounds so egotistical but technically unknown compared to someone like Jasmine Starr just because their content was great and they and and we had ones on live video and people really really enjoyed those so that for me is a is a good one to go with again so yeah. well, I think it's huge I think what you just said there is a perfect example you're like getting big names on you let's be uh, this is my humble opinion on it but like getting a big name on your podcast is for you yeah yeah it sure totally, totally is and if you yeah. look at you know what John and Pat did back in the day with that you know Pat's is always great content John was very formulaic nothing wrong with that mm. but he did that to build his business there's nothing wrong with that either but let's be clear he needed in the early days when he didn't have an audience he needed the audience of other people yes nothing wrong with that that's no. how you build it referrals is all you know that's what it's all about but the industry's changed you know it's not it's not like that anymore it's mm. it, I truly believe it's it's you now need to be more creative. 
Yeah. Like, look at Gav Bell's podcast, funnily mm-hmm. enough. Like, he's on the show. He's like, welcome. You know, I'm not going to do his accent. Welcome to the show, Mark. Um, <laughs> like, sorry, Gav. <laughs> he's got a lovely accent. Although someone battered him for his accent on Instagram yesterday. I was like, that mother, Did I'm going to defend him. Um, he's like, no, Mark, welcome to the show. And uh, before we get into it, what's your favourite colour sock? And you're like, what? What's going on there? But the thing is with that, he's designed, he's designed to show him. I remember talking to him pre-launch on this one. He's a Captivate user as well. Yeah. And I remember talking to him. And I was like, dude, that's, a, that's genius because it's instantly shareable. Yeah. So now I think it's much more about show design. You know, what can you design into your show so that people are still pretty comfortable, but they're like, oh God, like this is the, uh, the I think that might have been the only episode of a podcast I've been on that I shared. Because like, yeah, that's right, Gav. Uh, yeah, I do wear old socks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it gets a bit of banter. So I do think, like I did it the exact opposite way to what John recommended. I didn't, I, like my first episode was like Chris Brogan or something. And I'd never interviewed anyone before. Amazing. And it was just... I, I think there's just there's just so many different ways of cutting it, but yeah. you've got to be so clear on the fact that it like there's so much advice out there from 2013, 2014. Mm. It's just not the same industry anymore. Yeah, um, that's interesting. You know, it's just like YouTube has changed so much, and there are ways to do it. But I think the power is with us independent creators. I do think that yeah. as an industry, I think you know you've got to think there's maybe three or four tiers to the industry now. There's the massive upper echelons, yeah, Wondery, uh, the Daily, you know, all the, and I'm t- you know. Professionally, hundreds. yeah, entertainment, yeah, 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 and 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 production. You know, yeah, these are studios. Yeah, these are like radio shows on a podcast. Yeah, or even movies. Like if yeah. you look at documentaries, if you look at like Wonder is Inside Star Wars. You know, Mark Ramsey wrote that, and he acted the voice. I mean, this is a production. Yeah, yeah, millions and tens of millions of downloads. That's the upper echelons. You've got kind of the tier beneath that. So maybe Ferris. You've got uh, Jordan Harbinger. A few of those guys that are up at that, like Joe Rogan, up at that level. Then you've got maybe like the tier beneath that. So you've got maybe like Pat and John that yeah. are kind of like, they do all right, you know, but they're not 39 million. They're certainly yeah. not, you know, the numbers that Jordan gets, you know, the, the far eclipse that, you know, it's, and then you've got the tier beneath it, which I think is the middle ground, which is the guys like you and I, who mm. are really doing podcasting for another reason. Yeah. You know, we I'm doing this to build Rebel Base Media. You do this to build your brand. Mm. And then there's a tier beneath that, which is like my Star Wars podcast. Yeah. It's growing. Of course it's growing. And yeah, we've got Patreon. We've got patrons, but it's just a laugh. Yeah. Like yeah. I just do it because I like doing it. And like yeah. when I'm lucky enough to be able to talk about it and somehow get paid for it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But I'm not getting paid for the show. It's just no one's going to tell me off for not doing the show. Yes. And there's so many people that are doing that. Yeah. So I think there are those four tiers. There used to be three tiers. And I think now there are four tiers. The upper echelon have kicked in a lot more now. So it's understanding where you want to be. Where do you want to land? You know, yeah. do you want to be in that second or third tier where you're making your money from your podcast? Yeah. And if you do, you probably do need some big names. But I'm, I'm willing to bet that the biggest names, if you if you were to take a cross section of all the the biggest business shows, yeah, with with some outliers. So I'm thinking like Schwarzenegger and so on on Ferris's show. If you take all of the quote unquote big names, I'm willing to bet that it's not them that have got the down done numbers. It's someone that is very clear on what they're doing. So someone yeah. like Jasmine, who was like, yeah. do this on do Instagram. This. Yeah, you know? and that's what she did. Yeah. And just so happened to be a fairly big name in the R industry, but without a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's interesting. But like, you know, my show, some of my older shows have got the biggest downloads from guys. That I, so I've got a, used to have an old Zoom H4, uh, which I've still got knocking around somewhere. And I used to go out and I'd take two EV microphones, which again, I've still got. And I do all my podcasts like round a coffee table or with a beer. And mm. I, the, we'd just hold the mic and shoot the breeze. Yeah, yeah. And some of the highest downloaded episodes I've got are from people that live like four doors down from me. Amazing. Because it just so happened that this guy, had, you know, is a CMO of, of whatever, a big corporation. I'm like, well, that's quite interesting. Yeah. So and no one had heard of him. It was just, yeah. you know, he has, a, he has an interesting topic. Yeah. So it's very, it's very interesting. But I think the thing with this is it draws everything right back to the idea of testing everything. Yeah. You know, if we bring it right back to marketing, there's a massive assumption that big names... I see it so much. People saying, oh, there must be something wrong with the download stats because I've had Gary Vee on my show. And you're like, yeah, "Yeah, but Gary Vee's got his own stuff. So there's a huge assumption that one thing will work. And ultimately, it might work. Like Gary Vee might be the biggest episode, but it's probably not just the fact that it's Gary Vee. It might be the fact that he's said something that he's never said before. Yeah. Or that you're talking to him about a topic that he's never covered before. Or that there's a multi, or it might be you, you landed on, 
a day that was a quiet news day. So everyone was browsing some, like there's so many variables and it's trying to figure those out, I think. And that is hard on the podcast because like you said, sometimes you do something and you think, why that went brilliantly, why? And you have no idea. And then you do something else and you think that should have gone brilliantly and it didn't and you have no idea. So it's actually a really difficult thing. But I want to come back to the fact that you said that often you get the big guess for you and you're entirely correct. Mm. Like, from a personal point of view, having conversations with some of those people have been amazing. Brene Brown is someone that I absolutely think is phenomenal. I really like the way she is and the way she speaks and her ethos around stuff. But she actually would not be the best fit for my audience. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they wouldn't get something out of it because they absolutely would. But she's not going to come on and talk about Instagram. She's going to come on and talk about vulnerability and yeah. talk about shame and you know, which I totally think would be interesting. But by the way, she's not coming on. I haven't booked Oh, well, fine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. out. I'm no, unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but like she would, I would be like, she'd be at the top, not the top of my list, but she'd be up there. Mm-hmm. Like who would I want to interview? But like I said, that's purely for my own, oh my God, I interviewed Brene Brown. Whereas actually an episode of me solo going, okay, you want to get more followers on Facebook, actually might be more relevant to my audience. They might like it more. Yeah, and it will get the bigger numbers. And it will, I think that's the key is testing. Figure it really, truly testing what's working and what's not. That's the only way to grow anything. We know that. Yeah. People forget that with podcasting. So many times you hear people saying, what do I, how do I grow my show? Well, tell me what marketing you're doing for your show. Well, I put some social media tweets out and yeah. I'll do tweets or I'll do some Instagram posts. And I do one of those fancy audiograms. Like that's brilliant. That's going to do absolutely nothing. Like, oh, that's just awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to convert people because no. you're not giving them a path. You're not understanding how people flow through and, under, and understanding how they subscribe to things. It just ain't going to work. Yeah. They'll listen to that one snippet on Instagram and go, oh, that one nice. See you later. Oh, look at this, a duck. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. So I could literally talk to you all day and I know we talked for ages. So we will wrap it up there. And obviously, I'm going to link to everything in the show notes. If you want to check out Captivate, then please, please do, because it's an excellent, excellent platform. And thank you so much for your time, Mark. I really appreciate having you on. Thank you very much for having me. I'm sure we'll see each other again very soon over a gin or three. We will indeed. Teresa, two drinks. (laughs) (laughs) So I loved that interview with Mark. He's such a nice guy and super, super smart, which is amazing. He's built this amazing business. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to podcasting. And even if you're not thinking about podcasting, I hope you enjoyed this episode because he is a smart guy. I like talking to him about how he built his business and things. Um, And it felt like a conversation. In fact, we let the time run away with us. Um, I think both of us were just sat there having such a nice chat that we completely forgot how long we'd been sat there chatting for. So uh, yeah, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. Also, as always, all of his links to everything, to Rebose Media, to his podcast, are in the show notes for this episode, TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash 106. And also, I've put my affiliate link in there for Captivate. So it is an affiliate link. You don't have to use it. You can just go and Google Captivate and find it. But I really love it. It's a great podcast host, great analytics. So next week, back with a solo episode. Like I said, don't forget to go and check out that challenge because it starts on the 9th of March and I can't wait to see you in there. All right, guys, have an amazing, amazing week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWearing.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.